Welcome to the Messianic Media Podcast, a discussion of Messianic, Christian, and secular artistic works with David and Mark. Welcome to the Messianic Media Podcast, a discussion about Messianic music, video, and art. I'm David Kasdan, a Messianic filmmaker, artist, and musician. A couple of years ago, I interviewed my friend Sean Trank. Sean Trank recently died from lung cancer after a long battle. He was in his 20s. I thought I would re-release this interview that I did with him for a couple reasons. I enjoyed the conversation I had with him back then, and I enjoyed listening to this conversation again. I also want people to check out some of the work that he has done, and he goes through a long list of cool projects. He created a lot of projects, and I occasionally work with him on some videos and music. Here's the interview from March 2013. I'm here with Sean Trank, who works for Jews for Jesus. Um, what is your job position? I am the media producer for Jews for Jesus. Okay, well, excellent. You're on the right podcast. Is that mostly video? Is that um, uh, different types of art? Uh, I work majority with video. I also do a lot of image uh, editing for social networking. Uh, and a, a part of my job, actually a larger part of my job, is to deal with all the social media uh, as far as Facebook, YouTube, uh, Twitter, LinkedIn, all those different networks. And so I'm creating content to kind of push out to all the networks. Okay, so you're creating content for the social social network. Um, I'd say about what percentage of the time would you say um, you're spent creating the artwork, and then what's the percentage of the time that you're spending um, you know, reacting to feedback? Or you know? <laughs> uh, It depends on what is put out, but I guess I would spend maybe 60% of my time uh, creating and depending on how people respond, I might I might spend that 40% responding. Uh, there's been a couple occasions where I've created something that's caused a crazy stir where I have to respond for a lot more of the time. So it takes me a little bit of time to actually get back into creating more content. Okay. Um, how did you get started um, with uh, creating artwork on computers? Uh, in high school, I had my family's camcorder, and I started to make a couple movies. <clears throat> and uh, YouTube wasn't really like known back then. I think I just created my own website, and I would distribute all the stuff I created to all my friends and just see how many hits I can get. Uh, and then later when social media kind of blew up with MySpace, Facebook, and YouTube, I just jumped right on board and started putting my work out there. And I uh, started getting people interested and have built a pretty big network from, from that. And then that led me into uh, what I wanted to do for school, which was film. So I studied film, and that led into a job doing uh, multimedia for Jews for Jesus. Where did you go to school, and uh, what classes did you take while you were in school? I went to Point Loma Nazarene University in San Diego. And I was in their film program, so I was doing a lot of uh, in-studio and field production, so short films, a couple 
features, a lot of documentaries, and a lot of news. So I learned how to do a lot of on-the-spot uh, directing, meaning yelling at people and telling them what to do so that it actually happens and gets done. And then uh, I also took some script writing classes, which helped me kind of get the format of how to just start a production. Okay. Did you say that you are involved in feature films when you were in college? Yes. A lot of short feature films. Um, I actually started a, a company with three friends called Blue Clouds Films, and we put together a film called Woodchip Film, or actually Woodchip uh, Pool Society. It was a feature film that is actually, unfortunately, still being edited by a college buddy and someday will be released. We also put out a film called Um Day on Blay, which is uh, it's actually a short film about, I don't know if you know Pig Latin, but it means dumb blonde. So we've, uh, we've actually made a dumb blonde joke come to life in the film. Uh, so we did a lot of different comedies. Uh, I worked on a musical at, for a senior project and did all their technical shots for them uh, called She Sang, She Directed. Um, and I think most of those, you can, if you look up Sean Trank on IMDb, you can see all the, the different things I've worked on. Okay, um, now I'm actually wondering how do you define the, the term feature? Because I was under the impression that uh, whenever I heard a feature, that meant a uh, full-length movie, 60 minutes plus. Well, if you enter a feature into a film festival, it has to be 45 minutes or longer. And so anything that's over 45 minutes is technically considered okay. a feature. What type of software have you used um, throughout the years? Yeah, well, I started on Adobe Premiere. My dad had a copy of it, and uh, it, it worked pretty well. And then I discovered Sony Vegas, which uh, it simplifies everything, and the pre-render is very quick uh, for all the non-video nerds out there, pre-render, don't even worry about it. It just means it's quicker. Uh, and then right now, currently, I'm, I'm back on Premiere on actually using Adobe 4 Suite. I was using Adobe 5, but things weren't working out so well, so I had to go back one. And then throughout college, I was on Final Cut Pro. So I, uh, I swing every direction when it comes to editing. I, I like all the different suites. They have there are different things to offer, but I currently really enjoy the Adobe Suites because uh, you can always connect them to After Effects and get a lot of really cool digital effects that transfer directly into your projects. Uh, Sound Booth, um, I use Adobe Bridge and Photoshop a lot in all of the productions. Okay. Um, I also know that um, you've done some music from time to time. Uh, is there any way that people can check that out? Uh, yeah, some music. I, <laughs> I recorded a couple uh, different songs, and I, I believe I recorded a guest song with you, David. Mm -hmm. uh, and I don't know where you have that up, but uh, I'm sure you can put a link somewhere. Uh, I also have a couple different YouTube pages that have a couple joint projects that we did. We did a, uh, what was it? We did a song for New Light Ruin. New Light Ruins from one of their old albums. Uh, so if you uh, if you go into YouTube and you search 
send Lover back. New Light Ruins. You'll probably find some of our work there, uh, which that was a fun, fun project, a little parody. Um, and then other stuff I've recorded. I, I think I've archived it, so it's not really public anymore. The song that you worked on was called uh, Green Lights Forever. Wait, oh, yeah. Yeah, so it's part of the, <laughs> the Netzer stuff, and it's, um, I don't think it shows up, like, I mean, we put your name in the album credits, but it's not in the song description or anything, so you just have to remember to search for that, and then it's, you know, on all the standard iTunes, CD Baby, Amazon, etc. Yeah, listen to that song, guys. It's fun. Listen for the high-pitched voice. That's me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and you also did uh, uh, Shofar on the on the on one of our songs or yeah it was just kind of filling in in, in a studio um that was a so fun day <laughs> well i know that um you also did some stuff with the with the band new light ruins um besides that i think you also did a um like an official music video for them yeah i uh i brought them here in san francisco to one of the parks and we did a child's epilogue is the name of the song we actually filmed it live in the park, uh, and that's got a significant amount of hits, and I'm not sure what YouTube channel I have that hosted on. The Trank Bros channel, which uh, has Parshawn 60 Seconds, which I've, I'm almost done with the entire series, at least for the first five books. And uh, basically what Parshaw is, for those who don't know what that is, it's the Torah portion that Jewish people read uh, around the world. They all read the same portion every week. It's a set amount of scripture to read, um, and all the rabbis read it. So, uh, And the reason that came about for me was I was going to be teaching on one of the portions for a Shabbat service, and I was looking for some teaching material, and there was nothing really that was interesting out there on YouTube uh, the the I, I found some cartoons that were okay, but they were kind of long. And so I was like, why can't there be just some sort of summary? Like, just tell me what it is in 60 seconds so you don't waste my time. And so I decided to make the first one. And when I released it, it got several thousand views really quick because people were apparently looking for that. Um, and I was like, okay, this is a thing. I really enjoy doing this. It wasn't too hard to do. Um, so check that out. If you go to YouTube and look up Trank Bros or Parsha in 60 seconds, you'll find a whole set of them. And I'm like 52 different ones in, and I've covered some different holidays outside of the Parsha. Uh, Passover's coming up, and I did a Passover in 60 seconds, which is a really brief summary of uh, kind of why we do Passover and what's involved in it. And I think we have plans to probably do a Seder in 60 seconds. With actually, it would be live. We're gonna have real people trying to keep up with what I'm saying, so it's gonna be ridiculous and fun. And hopefully, I can get it done before Passover. Oh, so, that's awesome! Yeah. yeah. Oh no, definitely no. I'll include the audio from the Parsha in 60 seconds about Passover. I'll, I'll include Sweet. the audio from that at the end of this podcast. Cool. You said you did 52. Um, I guess you're almost done. There's how many Parsha in the? I think 62. Okay. Something like that. Excellent. How many years did it take you to do all uh, 60 of the, or how well, much will take? It, it should only take me a year. I started, I think, in either July or August. So I'm almost done. 
It's one per week, basically. Just okay, so you have been doing one per, one per week. Wow. Yeah, and then a, a couple extra things. I did uh, the yarmulke in 60 seconds. I'm actually part of the uh, Messianic Jewish Col- uh, Artist Collective, which is a group of artists who are dedicated to uh, collaborating together to come up with uh, new art and new concepts and just showing our art to each other and getting great new ideas from each other. Um, and that's been really good, and I've gotten several ideas from the group, and I hope that that keeps going. Um, but yeah, I've been doing that uh, for less than a year, but it's grown really fast. And actually, we started that channel with a music video called... Uh, Hanukkah rock anthem and that thing has like 16,000 views that thing went pseudo viral I don't even uh, it's probably not pseudo viral but I'm hoping it gets a lot more hits next Hanukkah we'll see what happens yeah I don't know the yeah definition of that what defines (laughs) viral I mean I I'm certainly happy whenever I get a video that gets a thousand views yeah yeah we're at 23,427 right now so it did pretty well Excellent. Um, when did you first get involved with uh, Jews for Jesus? Um, when I was seven years old, my parents became volunteers with the ministry, and uh, I went to their camp program growing up, Camp Gilgal, and I participated in several other programs they had, including Halutzim, which is uh, two weeks in New York. Uh, and Massah, which is you go to Israel and then you go to India uh, and you learn about your Jewish identity. And yeah, so just growing up in it, I was really involved and created and built really good relationships with people in the ministry. So it kind of uh, really gave me a good place to get this this position. And uh, when I came on board, there really hadn't been a media ministry in like 10 years and the last things they did were a few different documentaries some in-house production and i i really had a couple ideas to bring in i i wanted to do testimonies for them uh actually a series that's called journeys of faith which is on the jews for jesus youtube channel where uh, we just record people's testimonies of how they they came to the decision that jesus is the messiah and that kind of built into another uh, program that we call Street Witness, which is uh, one-on-one encounters on the street with, with uh, Jewish religious missionaries. And those that led into other projects, and we ended up creating a documentary in 2010 called Flowers of the Sun, which we went into a lot of... Uh, film festivals and won several awards for and because that was successful we did another film uh called awakening and we got to uh, have stephen baldwin narrate the film for us which was pretty cool he he doesn't sound as cool as alec but he's a really cool guy uh and he has that voice the alec baldwin voice so (laughs) So it was cool. We got to do that, and that won a bunch of awards. And so we're just uh, we're praying about what we're going to do next and what that's going to look like. I really uh, thought it might be cool to do a documentary on Holocaust denial 
because that's such a up and coming thing with survivors being uh, the age that they're at that we're not going to have any survivors in the next generation. So deniability is going to be a lot easier for people who want to be anti-Semitic and deny that it ever happened. So we need to get those stories and we need to show that this is a fact, that this happened. And it's important to remember and then to, to point people to healing and to the Messiah. So that, those are just a couple ideas that we might pursue. We'll see what happens. Um, otherwise, I we create new content pretty weekly on the Jews for Jesus channel, and you can see a lot of it on our Facebook fan page. Um, yeah, and that's uh, that's what I've been doing with Jews for Jesus and been getting involved with uh, some of the Messianic movement of grassroots and actually just got a chance to really connect there and talk to bloggers and other artists and people who are creative to start partnering and creating more content. Because I got to be honest, it's hard when I'm the only one creating something for such a big organization. It'd be awesome if it if we were a team and communicating the same message. So that's where I'm at. Oh, excellent. What was the process in the Flowers of the Sun movie? Um, what was that movie about? Well, that movie was about the spiritual climate in Israel. And what we were covering was the Behold Your God campaign, which is it's about a month-long campaign in Israel of doing street evangelism, holding up signs, calling, and just making the gospel available in very specific neighborhoods and regions in Israel. And so the process was we came in the last week of their campaign. So a lot of the campaigners were, were already tired. Uh, Peter Nasser, who was co-leading it, had on the first day he, he had been assaulted with a screwdriver attack. And so all these things had already happened. And uh, the Yad Lakim, which are the anti-missionaries in that region, knew we were there and uh, didn't like it, so things were happening. Uh, but what we did is we had two teams who would cover uh, just what the missionaries were doing on the streets. We got several interviews of how it had been going and what was happening. And we even got two testimonies, one of a guy who uh, had just come to faith uh, with uh, through Peter and his wife and was being ministered to, uh, and he gave his testimony, and it was cool. His testimony was he he never heard, and he'd never been allowed to hear. And when he heard, it, it just made sense. And so he got the Brit Hadashah, which is the New Testament in Hebrew, and he read it on his own and came to his own conclusion that Jesus is the Messiah. And then there was another woman who, when we interviewed her, she wasn't a believer, but she was considering it. But... Uh, I think three weeks later, she gave her life to the Lord, uh, which was really cool. And uh, we got her interview and her testimony. Um, but the film is designed to just show like what, just being real, what is actually happening there and what we need to be praying for and uh, how people in the United States can be praying and supporting uh, future future work there. Uh, one of the cool things we did was um, we had 
an artist who came and did portraits for Israelis on the beach. And while he was doing the portraits, he had a chance to just ask them where they were at spiritually, who they thought Jesus was, and what they thought about the Messiah, and really get to minister one-on-one with people. So it was like a form of creative evangelism. I think when people think of Jews for Jesus, they usually think, oh, they're just passing out paper and littering all over the place. But that's just one aspect. There's a lot of people that are creative, up-and-coming who uh, are bringing a lot of new ways of bringing the gospel to people. That's not just passing out paper. Uh, One of the cool things is they created a banner that said Yeshu equals Yeshua equals Yeshua, which is Yeshu, which is an acronym for Jesus's name that says, may his name and memory be blotted out. So it's kind of like a curse word, but that's how they know Jesus's name in Israel equals Yeshua, which is his real name in Hebrew, equals Yeshua, which means salvation. So it it's a really easy way to point to Jesus and say, look, his name means salvation. You call him by this name, which is a swear word, but it really means salvation. So it gives people a second look uh, in a new perspective. That's actually one of the ways that Dan Sarin, who leads the Tel Aviv branch there, uh, how he came to faith was he realized Yeshua's name means salvation, so it's obvious who he is. Um, But that's what the film's about, and uh, we went through uh, several circuits of film festivals uh, and won a lot of cool little plastic trophies. (laughs) (laughs) So, Well, excellent. What's the process of um, film festivals? Um, Is it hard to apply? Um, Involves a lot of travel, or how does that work? Um, it's not too difficult to submit a film. It costs a little money. So, uh, luckily I have the backing of Jews for Jesus. So they give me a little budget to work with, but I use withoutabox.com. They have a, a huge list of festivals, but you gotta be, you gotta know what you want to enter because you shouldn't just enter everything. Um, you should enter festivals that will actually enjoy your film and be more likely to play your film. And so we were looking into a lot of faith-based festivals, uh, some Christian festivals. We even entered some Jewish film festivals that declared that they were open-minded. And we got into several, actually, I think we got into all the Christian film festivals and won most of them, but we didn't get into the Jewish film festivals because, you know, we're Jews for Jesus. Uh, And... We actually got into one really big secular film festival called the Houston World Fest, which is, I guess, the third largest somewhere. I don't remember where. Probably in the U.S. Uh, and we won first, actually, like Platinum, which is first first place. And they gave us a nice shiny trophy for that one, uh, which was cool. And, and film festivals are great. They help you sell your film. They help people see that, oh, this is legitimate. They did a good job. Uh, So it's important to get those out there. Uh, As far as traveling to the film festivals, I did not go to a single one. I actually called representatives to to go and represent us at the festivals. So whoever was geographically in that area already, I asked them if they would go put on a T-shirt and go represent us, and they did, and they really enjoyed it. Uh, they also really got to connect with the leaders in these fel- the festivals, which was really cool. So we have a good connection with these places. 
And when you're talking about selling a film, you're not talking about to a distributor because Juice for Jesus um, does their own distribution. You're talking about um, building legitimacy for actual sales or just exposure for the documentaries that you've worked on. Well, I mean, we, yeah, we self-distribute, but whenever you have one of those laureates that just shows, like, official selection to this film festival, people see those and they say, oh, wow, that that means this was recognized somewhere, so it must be better than if it didn't have anything. So it helps helps with sales. If you have a distributor like CreateSpace, uh, which is basically Amazon.com, uh, it, it helps there, too. So anything you win helps, especially if you win a film festival that qualifies you for IMDb, that's very helpful. Okay, excellent. Um, so to close, I'm, I'm going to air this episode as my uh, Passover episode this year. Um, so besides the Parsha on 60 Seconds, have you done any other Passover-related projects? <laughs> I have. Last year... I did Annoying Matzo Ball Happy Passover, which is a parody of the Annoying Orange. And it was just, it's experimental, but it's two matzo balls telling an old Israeli joke. Um, (laughs) It got 3,000 hits when I first released it. But uh, some people might find it a little disturbing because I, I don't want to surprise the ending, but yeah. Okay, well, we'll just have to check that out. Other than that, Kosher Joe cartoon. I we wrote a Passover episode that's been out for a while, and uh, so if you look up Kosher Joe Passover, you'll see a, a cartoon about Passover, and you'll see an old Sephardic tradition that's represented in the film. Which, as a kid, I never did growing up, uh, but apparently Sephardic Jewish people all over the world like to slap each other with uh, onion reeds. Yeah, I've never heard of that. Well, now you have. You've learned something new. Is the kosher Joe actually uh, true to tradition, or you kind of had fun with it? Uh, I think it's it's pretty accurate. But basically, he focuses on this one tradition, and there's in the cartoon they're so focused on the tradition, they miss Elijah actually coming in and drinking the cup because they're focused on the tradition. So it's kind of like a, a thinker. Like gotcha. A, uh, so that's what's up with that. Okay, well, it was great to talk to you, Sean. Um, and nice to hear about all the different types of, of work you're doing now within the Messianic community. Cool. Cool. Shalom and welcome to Parsha in 60 Seconds. Today's portion is a bonus round, Passover. Why is this night different from all other nights? Passover, or Pesach, is one of the most significant Jewish holidays. It celebrates the Exodus narrative in which God uses Moses to deliver the Israelites from Egyptian slavery. You know the story. Moses is adopted by Pharaoh's daughter, grows up, sees injustice, kills an Egyptian, runs away, meets his wife, meets God, goes back to Egypt, unleashes the power of God in ten plagues, splits the Red Sea, and receives the commandments of God. In the final plague, the death of the firstborn, the angel of death passes over all the homes marked by the blood of the lamb. Thus, the name Passover. Immediately after the event of many miracles, plagues, and power of God, God commands the Jewish people to remember what was done by having a meal called the Seder. Jewish people today still participate in a Seder, in which friends and family and entire communities come together to remember what God did for his people. Many items of great significance are used in the meal, and all are used to tell this amazing story. Boom. And that is Passover in 60 seconds.
Thank you for listening to the Messianic Media Podcast. Like us on Facebook.com slash Messianic Media and send any comments to MessianicMedia at gmail.com.